Get him stopped. Get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar did not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he done a double somersault backwards. My car will go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know, he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> Inflated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows, and if you ain't right, they'll send your ass to the rear. Hello again, everyone. We are back with episode two of Open Red here for the 2023 racing season. Of course, Open Red, the official podcast of the Award of Outlaws, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series, and the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series presented by Toyota. My name is Ross Weiss, video guy here for the World of Outlaws. Really cool guest on the show this week. Excited to share with everybody. Annika Kozer joins us via the phone line this week. Uh, of course, a lot of you have seen Annika's incredible artistic work uh, shared across Twitter, Facebook, all across social media. A really incredible skill set that Annika has developed over the last couple years, combining a love of art and a love of sprint car racing. So uh, you get to hear a lot of really cool stories this week. Of course, Annika grew up in the area around the Port Royal Speedway, uh, where her father also serves on the board at the racetrack. You kind of hear the story about how her father kind of helped push her to combine her love of sprint car racing and her artistic work together and how that's really become a career path for her. So uh, a lot of really cool stories from her this week as she'll kind of get into what her processes are as she kind of starts every new project. And one really cool story about getting to meet Doug Wolfgang and share some work with him uh, that she had done of a particular picture of his car from uh, back in his driving days. So uh, a lot of really cool stuff this week with Annika Kozer here on Open Red. situation racing for a lot of people is kind of a multi-generational thing you know they've got a family background that got that got them into it or got them started or whatever so i'm curious is is art the same way for you or i i guess which which came first for you the the racing or the art um i guess kind of the art i mean my dad took me to the track when i was really little and um but we kind of got out of it because my sister and I were very involved in sports so that took over weekends and then once that cooled down uh my dad is on the board at the at Port Royal Speedway uh so he kind of volunteered my sister and I to help out with a lot of things and so we both started working there when we were like 15 16 and when we first started going back I wasn't terribly into it but the more time I spent there I got hooked on it. I could see what the big deal was <laughs> and kind of fell in love with it from there. And I had been artistic forever and loved to draw, but never really racing related stuff until I uh, I came home from Lock Haven after a year because I, I was undecided. I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. And I started uh, to draw racing related stuff because that was where my uh, my interest was at. And it kind of picked up from there. Was there any other any background of any other artists in your family, or was it kind of were you kind of the the first one that headed in that direction? Uh, my grandpa on my mom's side is very artistic. We have a lot of his paintings uh, hanging in the house, and he never did anything professionally. It was just a hobby. But yeah, he was. And then my grandma on my dad's side is also a very good painter. So you could say that was passed down too. Absolutely. So when did that kind of light switch moment come for or that light bulb moment come that you could turn? what was a hobby kind of somewhat into a career path here? Um, well, the first uh, photorealistic 
sprint car that I did was right after Greg Hodnett passed because my dad had been trying to get me to do it for a long time and I tried to paint cars before and it did not turn out well at all because uh, I wasn't really interested in spending more than like one sit down on a painting either so uh, he was like just I know someone's putting together an auction for Greg's family he had a picture picked out and everything he's like just don't worry about the time just see how close to the picture you can get it and I spent about three weeks on it which is standard now and uh and it ended up really close uh to the, to the picture that I was like holy cow I guess I could kind of be good at this and when I shared it more people started coming to me saying hey if I send you this picture will you paint it for me and I got to a point that enough people came to me I was like eight or ten orders deep at any given point and just as I kept releasing them people were like you should get prints made and figured that out as it came and it kind of grew to a point that I was uh kind of like yeah I guess I could make this a full-time thing if I really dedicate the time to it so you mentioned you know doing a photorealistic painting I guess that's kind of what the the name of the style of most of your sprint car work is but what what are the biggest challenges that that the that that style can can pose to you obviously sprint cars in and of themselves are challenging for a number of reasons but what what are some of the biggest challenges of that particular style of your artistry? Um, I guess shading is a big part of it. Like playing with different shadows can be fun. Um, yeah, the the shading of it is the most difficult part. I I kind of felt like my work went to a different level when I stopped skipping the details that I thought nobody would notice. <laughs> Um, there a bunch of small stuff like rivets in the wing or like little dents from rocks and stuff like that and just like really tiny stuff on the track that I feel like nobody would notice um, is is kind of a game changer for it I guess. Uh, wheels are a big thing for me because just <laughs> it's really obvious if they don't look well and uh, just just really tiny stuff I guess. What do you so you know take away something being like someone coming to you saying, can you paint this picture for me? But if you're just looking for an, an image to paint, what are some of the key details that you look for for an image to really draw your attention and hold you in to want to paint that one? Um, I noticed lately I've been a lot more drawn to backgrounds being really interesting. Like I feel like I've covered a lot of angles of the car at this point. So like the ones where the car is really blown up and focused are cool because I can get a lot of detail in them, but they're not as fascinating as ones that you can get kind of the whole scene of it. Uh, like my personal favorite, I think of the ones I've done is uh, the one of Sheldon Hoddenshield at Knoxville because you get the whole grandstands behind it and just the atmosphere of the place is really cool. And just something that's, I don't know, not <laughs> it doesn't look like the car is just sitting still on the track is really cool. Absolutely. So you mentioned earlier about three weeks to a painting when you first started. Is that still what it is at about or has that timeline shrunk at all? No, it hasn't. I don't know how I'm not getting any faster with them. It's, <laughs> it's two to three weeks is standard. And as much as I try to hurry it along, it's, that seems to be about what it takes. Yeah. Now, when we're talking two to three weeks, how, how many hours a day will you spend on a painting? Uh, usually about seven or eight is standard. Yeah. So that that kind of leads me to one of the you know we got a quite a good list of questions from people on Twitter when we I said you were coming on the show here, and that you know because as a guy that kind of works in the creative space myself, this was something I was interested to ask. But when you're staring at that canvas seven to eight hours a day every day of the week, uh, 
you know, mm-hmm. at, do, do you start facing any burnout at any point? Do you have to just put the brush down at some point and walk away for a while and go do something else? Like, do, do you ever combat any of the, that, that, that burnout, lack of desire to pick up the brushes in, in the morning? Um, it typically when I'm like in the middle of a piece, I'm, I'm all right. Uh, when I get to the end of one, it very much feels like I've been working on it for three weeks and I'm ready to be done looking at it. But when I hit that, I just, um, I try to be easy with myself about taking a break when I need it, because if I sit down and really force myself to paint when I don't want to, you can definitely tell, (laughs) uh, I feel like I've gone through entire paintings like that and, and I'll, where I'm forcing myself to work and I look back at it and I'm like, that really was not my best work. I should have just taken a break and come back to it when I was really excited about it. So as I was kind of getting my notes together to do this interview, I saw a, an article in a, a newspaper, from, a newspaper from up there in PA from a couple years ago where you were quoted in the interview as saying that at the beginning of your kind of artistic career here, you quote hated paint as a medium because you felt like you couldn't <laughs> control it. So what, What's kind of been the change of your relationship with, I guess, painting over the years versus, I guess you said you first got started in, in an actual drawing, right? Yeah. So I, when I was in high school, I took uh, drawing classes for a couple of years, but there was a separate course for painting that I never took because it didn't fit into my schedule. It was either uh, painting or English. <laughs> so I didn't really have much of a choice. And uh, since there was a separate course, I, we didn't do much painting in my drawing classes. So I just never had practice in it. And I think that might have been part of the reason when I when I came home from college and started doing art again, that was kind of the draw to it because I never really got to practice it before. So I was really bad at it and I wanted to get good at it. And I guess just the more I practiced it and developed my own style, it became a lot more fun. So it was <laughs> I got to a point where I enjoyed it so much, kind of the challenge of it that I didn't really want to go back to any other medium. So that that kind of answer what was going to be my next question, but have you experimented with, with anything else outside of paint or do you have a desire to try anything that you haven't yet? Um, I feel like I've covered a lot of stuff in, in my classes, oil paint I'd like to try with. Uh, and I've kind of refrained from it just because it, I mean, you have to let it sit and dry for weeks at a time before you can move on to the next layer. So I, I like how quick I can work with acrylic is the, the main draw of that watercolor I'd like to test with. Uh, and that kind of scares me because you cannot go back and fix it. It's like a one and done thing, but like markers are, are cool too. And like Sharpies, they have a cool effect, but they're not quite as drawing to me, I guess, as, uh, as painted. So kind of take me through the, the process here when you're kind of starting a, a new work from scratch, you, you sit down, you're staring at that blank canvas. What's step one, step two, you know, to kind of get you to the finished product? Uh, so I have uh, like a paper outline that I can put over the canvas that gets me an outline for it, that I can get it all sketched out and uh, to scale and all that. And once I'm sketched out, just a really basic base coat because uh, for acrylics to look good and nice and full, it takes three or four coats at least. Um, to really look good, so I go on with a base coat and then just kind of stack up the details from there. So, you know, canvas is, is kind of your your main outlet right now, but another one of the Twitter questions we got, have you ever considered or been offered a, a, a mural painting or anything on a much bigger scale? So the only thing that I 
have done not on a canvas is there's a, a fiberglass goose that sits outside the the office at Port Royal Speedway and that was um the thing a neighboring county they do a thing where they have these geese all over uh the county to outside of small businesses to try to uh get more business to these places so they wanted one at the racetrack and they asked me to do that uh and that was the closest thing but as far as like a mural on a wall I haven't really had an offer for one I've had people joke with me that I should uh paint the inside of the tunnel at Port Royal Speedway I can only imagine how much time that would take me that's like not an actual thing as of right now at least but it would be cool to experiment with I, I think if it if the right offer came up now did I read correctly somewhere else that you've also helped paint the walls at Port Royal though like help redo some of the letters there yeah <laughs> yeah um so that's another one of my my dad's projects up at the racetrack that we got kind of thrown into where he uh is one of the people that'll paint all the guardrails and the fencing and then uh once they get the white on my sister and I go in with red and do the big Port Royal Speedway on the front stretch that's become our thing too a couple times a year have, have you ever at all dabbled in in trying and you know what have you painted in your career anything outside of motorsports not since I've gotten started with this uh is it four or five years ago now it's kept me busy enough and I've loved it enough that I haven't really ventured too much outside of it have have you ever so you get in the middle of a project have you ever scrapped or given up on a painting mid midway through this was another one of our Twitter questions that we we got if so why um yeah there were two that are like half finished and I um so one I started it was a commission and uh I got like halfway through the background I think it was and uh the driver got kicked out of the car <laughs> and uh the the person decided that they didn't want the painting anymore they said just hang on and see where he ends up next because they were really attached to the driver they were like whatever ride he ends up in next I want that one and so I scrapped that one. That one stayed half finished. And then uh, I there's this thing called gesso that you're supposed to prime the canvas with. It's just supposed to help uh, not need as many layers of paint. And I've never used it before. I had to use it to work on that goose. So I decided to try it on my next painting. And I hated the way that uh, paint held to it. Uh, so I, I got partway through that one and was really hating it. So I scrapped it. <laughs> nothing nothing too exciting outside of that so as a person who kind of started as a a sprint car fan and, and then kind of merged the love of the art with it what's been a, a couple of those kind of big like you kind of have to take a take a step back moments you know maybe it's you see your work hang, hanging up in a specific place or you get to you know work with a certain driver or, or certain team what's been what's been some of those big kind of take your breath away moments for for you um oh my gosh I feel like I have a lot of this so like the first painting that I ever put out the the one of Greg when I posted it it got a lot more attention than I would have guessed and uh there were people like Darren Pittman and Shane Stewart and Casey Kane liking it that I was like what is going on because I like being from where I'm at and like being the first painting I ever put out I just couldn't believe that people were seeing it and then last summer I had someone I had someone say to me your work should be sold out of the 
the Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville, and I was like, I'm not there yet. <laughs> that's that's crazy. And uh, after I finished the painting of Sheldon, I was like, well, the worst they can say is no. So I I got a hold of the folks at the museum, and I sent them this painting. I said I'd like to wholesale these prints to you if you're interested, and they ended up buying that one and uh, prints of three other paintings, which I couldn't believe that they even said yes in the first place, let alone to buy more of them. And so I was like, what is happening? And then to go out and see them in person was was the coolest thing. And uh, I don't know, I feel like I have a lot of them. I got to meet Brad Doty last summer, it was really cool. Cause I went to buy one of his books and he was sitting there signing and I introduced myself and he recognized me off of Twitter which I love telling these stories to my dad because he gets insanely jealous. Because <laughs> I, of course, never got to see Brad race, but he like worships all these people. And I'm like, yo, Brad Doty, like my picture again on Twitter. And he's like, what is going on? <laughs> so it's a bunch of stuff. Like I got to, I got to meet Doug Wolfgang last summer and, and show him a painting and get him to sign one. And that was like another, I can still hardly believe that happened. And for him to look at it and be like, yeah, you're no good at this. You need to get another job and like have that smirk on his face was like <laughs> mind blowing. It was, I don't even know how to wrap my head around it. It was really cool. Yeah, the, the Doug one was one I was going to ask you at specifically, because as I was kind of looking across the internet, you know, looking at pictures of, of your work and pictures of you, that was one of the ones that I think came up on, on Facebook was the one of you and Doug together and him signing the picture. And I figured that that especially had to be a pretty surreal moment with you to have your picture taken with kind of one of the legends of the sport like that. Yeah. So when I finish a painting, I always give one uh, to the driver, uh, just like whatever uh, edition size I do, whatever numbers on the car, I give them that print. And of course, when I finished this painting, I kind of gave up on the idea that I was ever going to get one to him. And uh, there was a gentleman on Twitter that reached out to me and he said, hey, I know Doug personally. I don't live too far from him. Uh, I'll I'll get a buy a print for him and I'll take it down. Uh, and I was like, that's amazing. So I, I sent him a print and as luck would have it, he was parked right next to us. Uh, he was camped right next to us at Knoxville and I still hadn't sold the original yet. Uh, so I, I took it with me cause I saw Doug was going to be there and I was like, well, I didn't get tickets to this event, but maybe I just like happened to run into him cause Knoxville kind of has a way of that. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, and this guy came over and introduced himself and we kind of put two and two together about who we were talking to. And, uh, he was like, yeah, well, I can tell you that Doug's not hanging out. Uh, he's flying in that morning and then leaving right after this talk is over. So let me give him a call and see if he'd be willing to meet you. And he called him up right there and he's like, yeah, he'll, he'll meet you before the, the thing. So we'll make sure to go over early and we'll do it. And I, that was another one of those moments. I just sat there and was like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't believe this. I'm like, I don't know if I want to believe it until I'm actually standing in front of him. But yeah. That's cool. That's I've, I've gotten to have several moments like that throughout my own career as well. So it's cool to hear other people uh, yeah. you know, share their similar stories like, like that. So uh, I mean, just a, a couple last questions here, but um this is another one of the ones that came from Twitter, but if you had a chance to draw on a wall anywhere in the world, would you draw something racing related or something else? What would you choose if you were given a canvas mm. of that size to, to work with? I feel like it would have to be racing related <laughs> at this point. I mean, of, of the work that I've, uh, that I'm known for now, it would be kind of silly to go 
anything but that. I, if it was anywhere in the world, I don't know where I'd put it. It would just be whatever's, whatever's offered to me, and we'll just we'll plan it there and find some new sprint car fans. How about that? Absolutely. So, so what of the of your finished work that, that we see shared on on Twitter and wherever else? How how many images are ones that you've been asked or commissioned to do, and how what's the I guess what balance do you, do you try to keep for yourself creatively of work that someone commissions you for and work that you want to do because the image in the source image interests you that much? Uh, so when I first started, I was only doing commissions, uh, mainly because it was like guaranteed money. <laughs> and I was, I was like, to be able to do this for a living, I need to like, for sure have this painting sold. And I was, so I was saying yes to everything. I also did not know how to say no. So I, I think at one point I was like 14 orders deep and I looked at the list and I was like, I'm not really excited to work on any of these. And I kind of got to a point where I didn't really want to paint anymore because I wasn't excited about it. So I was like, if I'm going to be able to do this uh, and really enjoy it like I want to, I need to be picking orders that I'm really excited about. So I finished my list and I started painting stuff that I wanted to do like just drivers that I was interested in, but then also being able to pick a really interesting picture instead of one that was brought to me and said, here, go do this exact thing. I kind of hated how I didn't have a whole lot of freedom in what I was doing. Uh, so I, I think about a year ago now was when I started doing stuff that I was interested in and it, it ended up being kind of a lot more successful anyway, because I think you could really tell that I was, I was interested in it and people, I still have a lot of people come to me and, and ask me to paint them stuff, but I have to be like really excited about it to say yes at this point. Absolutely. So I, I guess kind of, this will be my last question here, unless I hear something else that sparks another thought, but we talked earlier at the beginning of this interview about, you know, the, the challenges that come with, with some of this and some of the images themselves, but are, are there any challenges to, to painting sprint cars specifically? So I know, again, coming from my own creative background, if you're trying to work with a image or a video of a sprint car in Photoshop or Premiere or whatever, like, God forbid, when you have to, like, Photoshop out a sprint car because there's so many little intricate yeah. <laughs> little corners and, and lines and everything else. So what what are the challenges that, that sprint cars specifically uh, pose to you? And do you have any desire to paint any other types of cars uh, across motorsports? Uh, so with sprint cars specifically, I feel like it's really easy to get the proportions of them off. Like if the wing's too big or angled wrong or whatever, I feel like it's really obvious. <laughs> uh, and especially when you're doing stuff like the chassis and I, I don't know, other stuff like whatever, but uh, it's lines aren't exactly straight or lined up like they're supposed to be. It, it gets really wonky looking really quickly. <laughs> Uh, so having things in line and kind of proportionate is uh, is really important and uh, has for sure been a challenge of it. And um, sponsors too kind of kick my butt every once in a while. <laughs> like right now I'm, I'm painting uh, Tyler Courtney right now and between him and Sheldon and all of the little uh, World of Outlaw logos on wings that have the NOS on it. That NOS logo just gets the best of me every time <laughs> for some reason. And I feel like I finally got it all right on this one. I think I did well on it. But, yeah, sponsors are, like, a whole other thing that 
that, that gets me, but I'm getting better at it. Uh, as far as, um, as other cars in motorsports, I feel like I should venture out and do it. Uh, I've done a couple late models. I don't think I've done any modifieds. Uh, but my interest is just in sprint cars. So it's, it's where I've, where I've stayed and with the history of it and it's constantly changing and all the faster I work, it's, it feels like I could do it forever and not ever run out. So I don't know, maybe I'll hit a point where I, I get bored with it and I feel like I've covered enough stuff that I want to venture out and do something different. But until then, I mean, I'm going to stick to sprint cars. <laughs> so kind of last thing here, kind of give us a, a quick sales pitch. Now you've got Twitter, you've got a website, where can people find and purchase uh, prints of your, where can people find you and find the ability to purchase any kind of prints of uh, your work or anything? Uh, yeah. So as far as purchasing stuff, my website is onnikacozerart.com. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, I'm onnikacozer underscore art. And then my Facebook page is also just onnikacozerart. Uh, you can send me a message anywhere through there. I can do custom sizes for prints and all that good stuff. Uh, but yeah, straight off my website is, is the way to go. Well, all right. Anka Kozer, thanks for your time today. Thanks for joining us on the show. I think this is going to be a really cool interview for a lot of people. Thanks for the time today. Awesome. Thanks so much, Ross. Take it easy. sounding marking the final two minutes of the open red flag conditions well that's gonna do it for us here on another episode of open red thanks to Annika for joining us on the show this week really cool perspective on the sport and uh just what a really really cool skill set she's been gifted with in uh, her life that she shares with all of us regularly make sure you go find her website follow her on social media like she shared there at the end of the interview uh, until we come back in two weeks don't forget to uh tweet us use the hashtag open red you can follow me at Ross Weiss. Follow at World of Outlaws and at Extreme underscore Outlaw. We'll be back here in two weeks with another episode of Open Red. It's about time to pull, a, I think, a guest from the midget side of the world out of the bag as we get ready to kick off the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series season. Uh, so we've got some really, really cool stuff coming there. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you back next time. Hashtag Open Red.